welcome to this very, very special episode of the Sisterhood of a Mummy Imperfect. Yes, it is the hundredth episode. I'm going to play that air horn again, actually. There you go, because you know what? It is the hundredth episode of this podcast. My name is Irina Diptianabil, aka Mummy Imperfect, and I'm so excited to be putting together this episode for you. I have a new lipstick on. I have a cardigan on that's new, made by my mum. I washed my hair this morning. My eyeliner is winged to perfection. So can't nobody tell me nothing today. I'm not messing about, yeah? So what can you expect from this episode, the 100th episode of the Sisterhood of Mummy Imperfect? Well, it is going to be a celebration. It's a celebration of all the varied and wonderful guests and the conversations I've had on this podcast. It's going to be inspirational, informative, entertaining, which by the way are the three rules when making and posting any kind of content. Those are rules that I live by. And also another rule is that it's relevant. And you know what, if you're a woman listening to this podcast, which is for and about women, I'm sure you're going to agree it's all hella relevant. So I think it's important for me to say here that this is episode 100 of series two of the Sisterhood of Mommy Imperfect. There was a series one which OG listeners will know about. So I started the podcast in 2008 no no not 2008 2018 after working in broadcasting because podcasting wasn't even a thing in 2008 and it was barely a thing in 2018 so let me just say I was ahead of the game a little bit right so I was working in broadcasting for about 15 years in various different roles one of those roles was also radio producer where I worked on other people's programs and that was great but kind of got me thinking I can do this I should be doing this There are things that I want to talk about and I think that people are going to listen to them. So at that time I had a blog called Mommy Imperfect which I started in 2015 and I called it that because I thought no one's perfect. I'm just a mum trying to figure it all out. There's also a double meaning in there because it can be Mommy I'm perfect which is cute too so either way but the podcast was an extension of the blog and it was designed to bring women together So the first series, I have to say, was a bit random. It was just me experimenting with different things. And one of the things that I've always used to do was add in comedy sketches. Because another thing that I do, one of my jobs, is writing scripts. I wrote scripts for stage. I've written a bit for TV. So I kind of thought, let me showcase a bit of that on the podcast. So that's what I did. So do you want to hear one? Do you want to hear one? Are you are you sure about that? Now, listen, I just have to say that, you know, I find myself very funny. I don't know about anyone else. But anyway, have a listen. There is less than a week until Christmas Day. And in homes across the UK, fridges, freezers and larders are being stocked up with a large number of delicacies and treats. However, there is a phenomenon which has been affecting as many as one in three British Asian families across the country. The following footage contains distressing scenes. Mummy got ice cream, yay! Mummy, can I have some of this because I finished my dinner? Okay, Layla, yeah, you deserve it. That's not ice cream. Who told you there was ice cream in it? It's dull. I want ice cream. And the disappointment is not just affecting children. Sanjay works full-time and is looking forward to enjoying a well-earned rest in the Christmas holidays. 
Oh, yes, babe, you bought Cardo. That's a good stuff, isn't it? Mint chalk chip as well, you know. No, don't eat that. Listen, I want to start working out in January. I'm bulking right now. I told you that, babe. I told you not to eat it. It's crushed chilies. Why would you do that? Uh, it's Christmas. People are going to come round. i got to make some at a moment's notice. Stocking up, innit? <laughs> it remains to be seen whether standard widely available Tupperware will ever catch on in British Asian households. That's all from me. Do have a very Merry Christmas. Look, I did warn you. I did warn you, didn't I? Like, I have a weirder sense of humour, like I said. It's not for everyone, but if it is for you, then go to my Insta page, at Rena Dianabu, and look up Mummy and Perfect on TikTok as well, and you can find more random skits and sketches, reels, TikToks, you know. Enjoy. So, you know, I just want to say something, that growing up, right, I didn't think that I was very pretty. I thought I was one of those funny women who is all about the personality. And I actually remember saying that to my husband once, something like, Oh, it's a good job you found my personality so attractive. And he replied, I'm with you because of your looks. Your personality is all right. What a delightful backhanded compliment. I don't know whether to be flattered or insulted. Anyway, back to the podcast. This episode, I swear to God, it's taken me so long to make, right? Because these kind of compilation episodes, they are hard work. There's a lot of content to listen to and then it takes me twice as long because I get into it again. I'm listening and I forget I made it and I'm like, this is good content. I'm enjoying it. Well, that's what I think anyway. So I'll let you be the judge of that. Let me play you some clips of some stuff that we as women don't really talk about. And I like to talk about it here on the podcast. Here is a sisterhood of Mummy and Perfect on sex, vulvas and pussy magnets. People say, oh, have a mirror and have a look. And then normally, like, when you do, depending on how old you are, you're like, oh, my God, what? Because you d- you don't know. And I know that, I don't know, it's a bit different from when I was growing up. Um, but it might have been different for you guys. I don't know. But I was a bit like, oh, wow, that's what it is down there. No, I mean, completely. Yeah, it was, you know, um, it sounds very familiar when you talk about your sex ed. It was very similar to that. Mm. Oddly enough, it was also my geography teacher um, who gave the my sex education (laughs) and was just mortified. Um, But also, I mean, you know, went on to tell me that, um, you know, being bi was essentially pointless. Um, So, yeah, as a as a 15 year old queer girl, that was pretty uh devastating to hear mm. um but yeah just to come back to your point about um uh the pussy magnets and the, so we we do make vol- play-doh uh, vulvas in in school and it's so much fun um and it really just encourages everyone to kind of understand and appreciate the beauty and the diversity of vulvas but also just the full capability and just you know understanding that actually how important pleasure is and you know how important it is to understand that everyone experiences pleasure differently so understanding the diversity understanding the you know different Mm. functionality as well of vulva again are all really really important in sort of challenging um phallocentricism but also just i guess appreciating that it's okay that everyone looks different that's that's really important Mm. and completely normal because you know not knowing how you look and you know growing up in this in this society where everything's very taboo and 
you know, we don't talk about our bodies, we don't talk about sex or sexuality, there is this real, there can be this real fear that actually what we have isn't normal or actually it's dirty or it's wrong. And that isn't the case at all. And just being able to talk about it in a really open, non-judgmental way and saying, oh, look, you know, let's have some fun with it um, is, is really empowering, yeah. I think. Yeah. This, this and also whole... taking away focus from, sorry, just no, 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 to no, say, taking away focus from vagina, which is actually just a very mm. small part of um, everything that's going on there is also just really empowering i think if you own a vulva because it just shows you that actually there's like a lot more going on there you're not just actually i learned this in um one of the workshops um uh-huh. that the the word vagina comes from maybe it was latin dolly do you remember mm. latin for sword yeah. sheath mm. and it's like for such a long time this focus on just the word vagina is just so like reductionist and just you know it really does take away from the plethora of things that can that can go on during mm. sex um, yes. so I, I think again moving the discussion uh, towards being anatomically correct um, is really helpful for people to reclaim their own bodies and empower themselves mm. also, yeah it's important I guess sorry I was just gonna say it's important yeah. for sexual health reasons as well like knowing yeah. understanding your health you know understanding what your labia is you know understanding what your clitoris is that you have a urethra and that's different to a vagina you know it's so so important and also you get to talk about the clitoris and how wonderful the clitoris and important it is yeah. um for pleasure um and yeah we yeah we again talk about all of this in in schools and it's the reaction and the response that we get from young people is is wonderful um also that i think did you say the word phallocentrism or something earlier on so you know this whole kind of thing that everybody knows what penis looks like you know we can draw it and and uh we see it all the time represented in so many different ways you know i come from a hindu background so a lot of people pray to it the shivaling that's what the shivaling is right so you know people are pouring milk over it praying to it and stuff and they may not know what a vagina vulva anything looks like So that was myself and Dolly from the School of Sex Ed and Mindy, not her real name, who writes the blog Brown Girl Dating from episode one, Sexuality Education. So we don't often talk about our bits, right, as women, you know, we don't often talk about our bits. And apart from, you know, oh, my God, I had a smear test and it was awful. And um, that's about it, really. And, And as you heard there, there's a lot of lot of stuff going on, you know, and we kind of need to know it's normal. I watched Naked Attraction accidentally on purpose once, like, all five times. And, um, you know, because these days a lot of women take all their hair off down there. I don't take all of it off, I have to say. If you've listened to the episode about body hair, you'll know the story behind that. But each to their own. But without the hair, you can really see what's going on. And there are a lot of different things going on. So, like Dolly and Mindy said, it's important to be aware of that. And be confident that your bits are beautiful and normal. So staying on the subject of sex for a moment, I know any excuse. Here is my, uh, here's a little bit of my conversation with Indian sex coach Balavi in episode 89, Meet the Indian Sex Coach. Doesn't sleep around, we need to go to India and find somebody from there who's grown up there and uh, they will stay virgins until the Suhagrat, okay? And is it actually like that or are people having sex all over the place? See, a lot of people don't have sex because they don't have the enough opportunities. Like, 
you know there is a there is a fear of getting spotted especially in the small towns like okay even if you are going on the road with someone there could be some relative who catches you so small town this is a big fear because i did a story and i found that in small towns people are very hesitant and uh, maybe in the metropolitan cities uh, urban cities uh, this is changing a lot of people are having yet uh, when it comes to see a lot of times what happens is uh, there could be commitment issues the relationship did not work out and eventually they go for an arranged marriage which was also in my case and then they kind of uh, you know behave in the way that okay we are still virgins even i've seen that like for men it is still okay to tell their spouse that i am not a virgin but i have not seen vice versa even it comes to casual sex committed sex whatsoever kind of sex it is not uh, people don't consider it good to really talk about it mm. um even to their respective partners they hide their past with the fear of judgment and the ones who have done it have actually faced a lot of backlash so that was delhi based pallavi banwal who is a tedx speaker intimacy coach and sex educator so her work is all geared towards creating a non judgmental space where people can talk openly about sex so that was a really interesting episode where we talked about whether sexual chemistry can be created or even rekindled how women need to take ownership of their sex lives when to talk to kids about sex and whether attitudes to sex are changing in india So one thing that I'm really proud of when it comes to this podcast is bringing together women from around the world. I've had guests from India, Canada, Nigeria and of course all around the UK. So I've even collaborated with women from Melbourne, Australia in Brown is Beautiful, which was a piece of spoken word that I wrote and made into a video and released it all across social media platforms in the summer of 2020. This video features 18 South Asian women from around the globe who have come together to lend their voices to the poem that hits back at colorism so episode 31 of the podcast is all about the reasons that i made brown is beautiful and we heard from the women who have been so deeply affected by colorism and these women a lot of them also feature in the video and it's only right that i let you listen to that now dark but pretty pretty dark dusky not light enough try fair and lovely All things I've heard way earlier than I should have before I could rock this view like I could have. From an adolescent with a complex now a grown woman with my own flex. I'm tired of walking in colonial footprints. Now I'm rewriting the script. Telling it how it is. Shouting it loud in case you can't take a hint. So wake up now. Smell the coffee and if you don't like coffee there's chocolate and toffee. caramel mocha a pleather of brown get with the program put the fairness cream down every time i hit your decalaya a piece of me dies i need a asian formation a desi beehive cuz i've got a mango with jar in my bag swag and i like my baby hair with black hair and brown skin i like a tan and a healthy dose of melanin so i'm switching off the ganaga and tanning up the bajia cuz gargajal just raised the bar paying dues to rangsawala i always knew i was a good mamla it's just some of our race that needed reminding so step out of the shade into the light and stop hiding come and sit in the sun with me god knows we need the vitamin d it's about time we stop the self-loathing didn't you know that freedom is ours now didn't you know that the empire is done so let's build our own to honor our ancestors 
that were kissed by the sun, then they won't be torn down by anyone. It's not an elite club. There's an open door policy. Light-skinned sisters are welcome too. But don't expect to rock a yellow sari like we do. Diversity is beautiful, but let us have our day. To my dark-skinned ladies, there's something I want to say. Be proud. Be gorgeous. Go out there and slay. So that was Brown is Beautiful. And if you haven't already, it's definitely worth checking out all the beautiful video, all the beautiful women in that video, because it is a beautiful video because of them. So it's on my Insta page, Sisterhood of Mommy Imperfect, or on my TikTok, YouTube, or Mommy Imperfect Facebook page. And you might even recognize a few famous faces in it. All right, I'll just say who they are. You know, I love a bit of name dropping. Celebrity chef Asma Khan, Bovinda Sopal, who's in EastEnders, and Maya Sondi from Line of Duty. You might even recognize some other faces as well. So listen, we've talked about colorism and how to reclaim our brown skin and feel good about it. But what about feeling good about our bodies? about our face, our skin, our hair. Yeah, we can work on ourselves, right? We can lose a bit of weight, build some muscle, but then what? Are we going to find something else to fixate on? Here's a bit of my conversation with Ravneet from Neat Nutrition in episode 87, When Will We Be Good Enough? This is a new thing here, this bra fat, right? I didn't have that. When I was 36, I swear to God, I woke up one day when I was 36, I was like... What's this? What's this? What's this? Why is it bigger than what's actually in the bra? Like, what is going on? Like, no one's gonna come and be kind, kind to you if you're not kind to yourself. Like, all the time. When I felt crappy about, oh my god, look at this. What am I doing? Looking like an oompa loompa in this outfit. I was like, whoa, whoa, girl. You're forty. You're cool. You got your hair. Look at you. Right. You're forty, and look at you. Come on, listen. So yeah, have your I'm list applauding of you, and I'm applauding good. myself. I'm forty-two. You're 40. We have kids. I'm sorry, but we're, we're doing we're good. We're rocking it. We're doing we're good. We're doing really good. Okay. I so, think so. I agree. I, I do yeah. think so. I do. But and find it, yeah, be mm. around people that are there and they're picking you up. Your environment and your community is the most, you know, paramount part, part of your own self-acceptance journey. So Rav and I talked about some really good steps towards self-acceptance there. So working on yourself, but learn to embrace your wobbly bit because they will come, trust me, and life is too short to hate them. Also, the way that people treat you starts with how you treat yourself. So be kind. You don't have to love every part of you, but have a list of positives about yourself and repeat it to yourself often. Surround yourself with people who support you and be sure to do the same. In the right tribe, you elevate each other. But sometimes it goes deeper. Sometimes, as much as we try, there are things that we can't even look in the mirror at. And some of us think, you know, life's too short. I want to change this. And a woman who did exactly that was Mandy, a lawyer and a mum of three based in Toronto. As much work as I do, core work, and as much as I try and keep myself in shape, I know it's going to be at some level of jelly. It's like, yeah. a jelly, you know what I mean? It is. A, yeah, yeah. There's a, and and. I don't think for me, it's not so much that I would be like, oh, I need to get surgery for it. Like, to be honest, mm-hmm. even with yourself, like for, like for me, I'm like, OK, that's a mom. She looks beautiful. Look what she's produced. You know, this is a, mm-hmm. as a result of her being a mom. But also, can I can understand if you weren't comfortable with that, because yeah, I think it's it's, it's teach a, their own. Right. I know. No, I, no, exactly. I wasn't comfortable with it and I didn't like it and I didn't want to live there. I'm like, I'm young enough. I'm 35. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to live the rest of my life hating my reflection. Yeah. That is right? a really powerful thing, actually. Yeah. 
right? And it doesn't matter how old you are. I know women who are like in their 50s who've had talks done, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't matter how old you are. It's just, you know, I just wanted to be happy and wanted to be happy when I looked in the mirror and when I wasn't wearing clothes, right? Mm. So then, so the boobs, did you just think, oh, might mm-hmm. as well have them done as well? Or was that a thing as well? No, well, my boobs were like, I've been blessed in the chest department always. So they were always fine. But then after breastfeeding, um, th- all three of them, like I, I um, induced lactation for number three as well. Okay. So for, for you know, all the pumping and breastfeeding and all that, they were like, literally one was significantly bigger than the other. <laughs> and they were like, just long. I look like you know like I don't know I look like I belong in like National Geographic (laughs) (laughs) did you look like you had to like roll them up basically to put them in your bra like yeah okay yeah they were like almost down to my hips okay that's an exaggeration but like okay they were were hanging low they were hanging low they were hanging low and uh like one was bigger than the other quite Mm -hmm. significantly and then so like and then when you lie back like they would just kind of disappear into like my armpits too uh-huh. Just, they were just gone <laughs> so I'm like I didn't feel attractive yeah right like I'm like and, and my boobs were something I always liked of mine like right? so yeah. I'm like okay this is something I now despise right so uh yeah so I had a lift so they just there's no implant or anything like that but they did like nipple reconstruction and kind of lifted them up so yeah. they did get a little bit smaller because of that too because of uh, you're losing skin right yeah and were you happy with the result of everything Oh, I'm obsessed with the result. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, I'm like so happy. It's like changed like um like so much. So it's so get, hard, sorry. isn't it? Though it's so hard. Like all this stuff that happens because you know you're producing these beautiful children, and it's so difficult. And plus, when you're pregnant, have you noticed? That yeah. Oh my god, you're glowing. You look so nice. Oh yeah. You're beautiful, you're glowing. Look at your hair. Look at your skin. And then it's like. And you yourself feel like, oh, well, then it's like, oh, and like, all the curves oh, are in the right places. Yeah. yeah, it's all about the bounce back after. Right. Like nobody cares anymore after that. Oh, but, my. Yeah. Or it's exactly. so annoying. I and know. then you. But and it's the pressure we put on ourselves as well, too. Right. Because you see all these like and that's why I also one of the reasons I felt like I wanted to share was because I've shared so much of like my motherhood journey and pregnancies mm-hmm. and all of that. And I share a lot about healthy eating and all of that on my yeah. um Instagram so I felt it would be unfair of me to just show up you know fully healed and be like look what exercise and fasting did no it didn't right (laughs) like that's a lie so you know like I think it's such a sham when there's these celebrities and women just like even normal women who pretend Mm -hmm. that exercise and diet got them those flat tight you know abs some women can granted I'm not Mm -hmm. saying everybody uh, that nobody bounces back but I'm saying a lot of the times they've had work done but So that was Mandy from Toronto talking about her surgery. Um, So she had uh, like liposuction kind of all the way around, a complete tummy tuck, and she had a boob uplift. So she told me that in the equivalent of uh, British pounds, it was about 27 grand, 27 to 30 grand that she spent on all of that on the mummy makeover. So, you know, I say just do you, do what you want to make yourself happy. There are women women like Mandy who have spent a lot of, money on cosmetic surgery there were women like for example Haji who featured in episode 63 gray is a new black and she's embraced her gray hair she's not dying her hair anymore she's totally rocking this look of the natural gray hair I sit somewhere in between so I'm not averse to a little nip tuck you know I thought I would be there was a time when I would be like oh my gosh no it's disgusting that we can do anything like this to ourselves stay natural embrace the wrinkles and embrace the saggy boobs embrace the no boobs whatever you know but 
No, I think that although I think there is beauty in individuality, in our own special brand of quirky, in somebody's wide set eyes, somebody's deep set eyes, somebody's thin thighs, somebody's thick thighs, in somebody's funny shaped toes, even in my big ass nose. Having said all that, I got my teeth fixed in 2018. Okay, um, <laughs> that's one of the things that I've, I've done. And my bottom teeth were all different lengths and my front teeth overlapped. So I'm going to post a picture actually at some point on Insta to show you the difference. And I got Invisalign and I, I do love my new tooth. It was like a present for my 40th birthday because I'd been thinking about it for a while. Anyway, um, it just made me realise that these little corrections... They're not really that necessary, but they can actually give us a lot of confidence. So, you know, I wouldn't hold it against anybody to do what they wanted to do, you know, and I wouldn't change everything about myself either. I don't think I'd get ever get liposuction, for example. I don't think a bit of flab is anything to worry about. And hello, you can work out and eat clean, you know, balance. But I never thought I'd say this. Botox is not totally out of the question. Not now, not now, even though I know people who are like 30 and getting it done, but Maybe a few years down the line. I don't know. I'm just not ruling it out, right? Speaking of Botox and fillers, next week I'm recording a podcast with a pharmacist who also has a side hustle doing fillers and Botox on mostly this clientele. So listen out for that. That is coming soon. So one of the things that I talk about a lot on this podcast is motherhood. It is a big part of my life because I am a mum of three. I have a 12-year-old, an 11-year-old and a five-year-old. So yeah, it is lively here. I do love it though. It's difficult sometimes, but I love it. And that's why I really wanted to talk about my experiences of being a mum and how I'm learning and growing all the time. And then the first few episodes of this series of the Sisterhood of Mummy Imperfect were all about fertility, pregnancy and childbirth. And I recently had Navroop Kaur on here and she goes by the name Sikh Mum on social media. She's a mum of four and she's training to be a doula and she has such a refreshing approach to childbirth. So if you know anyone who's going to have a baby, then make sure they listen to episode 91, Give Birth Like a Goddess. I actually was introduced to what a doula is and some people have doulas was watching American TV when someone was like oh my god where's my doula I need to have my doula and it's like you think oh this is like a thing that like posh white women who are alternative they have yes. this doula everybody else just goes to hospital and lies on a bed and hopes for the best right I'm gonna tell you a little thing one thing I've learned through my doula course is that we studied um images throughout centuries mm-hmm. of women birthing not one image I'm talking about from the Roman times, Egypt, India, Malaysia, um, uh, Asia, all of those Aboriginal, all of the pictures that we studied, not one image showed a woman laying down, giving birth. They were either up against a wall, they were squatting, they had their doula holding them. That's Naroop, dropping knowledge on the pod. I also do think, right, that there's a lot of pressure on women to have kids by a certain time. And that time might not might not be right biologically. You know, you might not have got it all together by then. When you have got things all together, you might be like 45 and, you know, biological clock and all that. So it's just difficult. It's a difficult one. And it's something that we have talked about a lot in the podcast and we talked about it in a power panel episode and those episodes are where me and my friends chat about recent news and entertainment stories 
at the end of each month. So this is a little snippet from episode 90, Married at First Sight, Menopause and Fertility with Kirat and Haji. We've just talked about the menopause stages of our life. And there is a stage of your life where your body is better suited to having kids. So I've had friends who have also been in long relationships thinking that there's going to be something from that, like, you know, future family, kids, and then it doesn't work out. And I just look at them yeah. and just think, that is so unfair because you stuck with this person and been with them, but all that while your clock is ticking yeah. and he's just going to go hop it. And like you said, because he's, he's be not sure. Yeah. And they, and they yeah. can do that. A man can do that. And it's like, I'm what? Like, I'll have a kid when I want to have a kid, right? Like you said, you know, mm. it's a very real concern for us. And then it's that thing of like, if I'm upfront and say, I want marriage and I want kids and this is important to me, does that scare someone who isn't, you know, concerned about their biological clock because they don't have to be is it like oh shit she's a bit like oh you know I'm gonna just dip out now like so that was from episode 90 and the reason that we were talking about it is because um the times ran a story that week about uh, Murray Edwards College which is one of the two remaining women only colleges at Cambridge Uni so they were offering fertility seminars for its students and we were just talking about is it right to advise young women to plan to be mothers so yeah, we had some quite strong opinions there. And I really love our power panel episodes where we do kind of we do kind of get to put the world to rights. Um so we did one um at the end of the year. So it was a it was a last episode of uh 2021 and we just spoke about um what we'd actually learned from the year and um yeah, just personal growth really. So this is me, Kirat and Rami on episode 98 talking about what 2021 taught us i think it's like with certain people you smile and nod politely that is what you do i'm back away Rina, stop being an investigative journalist stop being nosy like even though this nose is built for being nosy stay in the background and now it's like everyone has been saying to me in the, in the last couple of years like why don't you do this why don't you do that why aren't you more this why aren't you more forward about what you do and i've always been really humble like it's okay you take the credit it's okay and this has been a year where I've got, I'm want to take ownership of what I'm doing. Yeah. Being a bit more aware of how I feel about things, so much so that I always I I do sometimes write things down. Like if I'm quite sure about something, or if I realise something about myself, I know that I'll forget about it in the next week because there's so much other stuff going on. I do sometimes write it down and then I look back on it. That's quite good. So you're basically so journal. Write, you're I journal. don't journal. No, no but I'll write one liners. Yeah, but that is. You don't have to write. Dear diary, yeah. today I felt very. <laughs> so that was myself, Romy, and Gareth talking on episode ninety-eight. The episode was actually called "The Three Wise Women." It was a, a Christmas special. So did you like what I did there with the title? Three wise men, three wise women. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I'm sure there are life lessons that you learned last year too and things that you've also left behind in 2021. Um, you'll be happy to know that I have not put this nose into anybody's business this year, apart from when I'm supposed to be, you know, being my investigative investigative journalist self when it's right to do so, right? Anyway, don't worry too much. If you find yourself slipping back into old habits again, be it behaviours or falling off the healthy eating wagon, you know, we're only human. Give yourself a break and try again. Tomorrow is another day. So all this veganuary, dry January, I've not done any of it. And yeah, that is okay. That is all right. <laughs> so other themes that we talk a lot about on this podcast are love, friendships, 
relationships and being a boss lady. And I just want to remind you and myself on the power of self-belief and going for what you want. So here is influencer, leadership and performance coach Remy Ray from episode 79, Imposter Syndrome. You probably know this from your experiences, right? When you're giving a thousand percent, you're not getting what you want. Yeah. What is the trick to staying motivated and keeping at it? Because I feel like, you know, being in a creative industry, sometimes it's been really disheartening when, you know, I've written something, showed it to people. Oh, no, no. You know, we had another, we had, we had an Indian script before (laughs) and you're not, oh my God, I worked really, I worked really hard or, you know, your ideas get rejected so much and it's really difficult to not believe that you are rubbish. So the first thing I would say to that is that, you know, this saying that everybody says, find your tribe. I think that is also uh, for us creatives as well. Not everybody's going to love what we do. And we need to also be okay with that as much as we are when somebody is into what we do, right? Um, The other thing was that I'm quite data-driven. I like the stats. So a lot of us, I think that delusional element comes in when we haven't tracked anything, right? And we're like, but it works. And you're like, sis, you've got nothing to back this up. You need to back it up with something. So if you've created a project and you've got this many people that have said, no, this is dope. This is wicked. As mm-hmm. opposed to people saying, oh, do you know what? It's all right. It's kind of this, but now you've got something to measure it against. I think a lot of the time us creatives, we kind of create from a, like from a heart set, like space, right? We create from our hearts or our, the pit of our stomachs, many of us as well, but we also need something to ma- uh, like to, to make, measure the metrics and a lot of us don't do that and I think that's also true in the like in the workplace too you've got to track your data what is the impact that you're bringing to this organization what is the impact of this project this creative project that you've created what is the result that it's going to drive um sometimes I don't think creatives like to play around in that space but I think it's really important especially if your work is based on whether or not somebody purchases it or engages with it um for your in in regards to your livelihood right and the other one is create your own hype anytime that somebody's told me no especially from an entrepreneurial perspective I don't care who you are if I believe in that thing enough I'll put a thousand percent behind it and I'll do whatever I can to make it you know, continue to bubble or go forward or whatever. And that's how I ended up showcasing in Nigeria. That's how come I ended up showcasing Australia. It wasn't because I thought at the beginning of my journey that that's where it would end. I was like, oh, you don't like me in fashion? You don't like me um, at this institute or whatever they say you must go to to be able to enter fashion? Forget that. I'll create my own lane. Create your own lane. Create your own hype. I love it, love it, love it. I kind of need to keep that in mind myself for this year and I hope you do too with whatever you are doing. So what is also important, I think, when it comes to getting what we want and what we deserve is the language we use. And that's something that I have learned this year as well. So it's something I spoke to psychologist Mumta Saha about in episode 85, Boundaries and Boss Lady Talk. And then when I'm not listened to, which because we sometimes there are times when people are busy and not hearing you, I will say, you know, it's my expectation that I can have a bit of time out 
you know, at least once a week. It's my expectation. That's a, I've worked with influencing skills and negotiating skills in the corporate world, and that's a very strong, powerful, it is my expectation. I have an expectation and I'm relaying it to you. I will be, I need to, I, re- I have an absolute desire to, and this is my need. Bloody love that. <laughs> I love that, mate. Boss, boss lady talk. No, but it's like, uh, you know, lady. it is, that's boss lady talk. And, and how many mm. of us actually talk that way? Like, sometimes, you know, we're a bit like, oh, do you mind if I... Yes. And, that, and even the most confident people, I don't think that I'm a passive person. I've, I think I'm a confident yes. person. Yeah. I don't even, I don't know, have I used language like that? Boss lady talk? I want to. So boss lady talk, make sure you slip that into a few conversations in 2022 because I definitely intend to. I really love Mamta. She's got such a good way of explaining things and she's been on a, another episode talking about um, relationships as well, toxic relationships actually, which was um, a really good episode and a really popular episode as well. Um, but she she went to the same uni as me, Aston University, and I didn't really know her much then. I'd seen her around But now she's a psychologist and lives in Dubai. So it was really nice to connect with her. And it has been so nice connecting with so many inspirational, brave and intelligent women over the last few years doing this podcast. There were so many clips I wanted to put in this, but obviously I couldn't. So like I said, I just wanted to give you a taste of like inspirational, entertaining. And um, what was the other thing I said? Uh, Informative. Yes. All these things. Have I done it? Yeah. Tick, tick, tick. Hopefully. Anyway. So listen, um, I, you know, these women have opened up to me about so many things, so many humbling experiences, things like living with incurable cancer, battling eating disorders, enduring emotional abuse. And it's really brave to share things like that. So I intend to having those, I intend to keep having those real conversations like that this year. I'm so excited about the episodes that I've got coming up and the women that I'm going to be speaking to. And I really do think that your vibe attracts your tribe and that it's also true that you should enhance your vibe to empower your tribe. And that's what I'm trying to do here with the Sisterhood of Mommy Imperfect. And I really hope that you have enjoyed this special episode. Um, Now, tell me if you have listened to all 100 of them. Have you? Or even the OG series. Oh, my God. Then you're a real OG listener if you have. And if you have and you're not lying to me, then I'm going to send you a present. Okay. And I just want to say that I appreciate all of you listening and sharing and supporting this podcast. Please get in touch if you want to be part of the conversations. Leave me a voice note. Insta is the best place to do that. At Sisterhood on Mommy Imperfect. Or you can email me, mommyimperfect at gmail.com. Please do share this episode and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts because it would be really good to help other people to come across this podcast too. That's all from me for this week. Take care, Perne, and keep it 100. Love ya.